Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. There is new footage of a ghost cat from Ireland. It was featured on the Coast to Coast AM website by Tim Banal. Tim Banal is just great at finding these uh, bizarre breaking stories, you know. I really like the, um, the work that he does. And so this is a clip from a security camera, surveillance camera, in someone's backyard. And, and so, you know, it's green night vision. And as you watch this footage, off to the left of the frame, it looks like a sort of a little faint, wispy, almost an orb-like thing kind of gradually appears and then it morphs into a full-fledged, very real-looking white cat. And we're talking about like a house cat or something like that. And so the, the cat meanders around for a bit. And then uh, the cat kind of goes leaping off and just dissolves. Just dissolves into a wisp and then is gone. It's a really cool piece of footage. And... Yes, I know, uh, you can look at that as an analyst and you could say, oh, well, this is just some optical effect from the lenses or the way that the footage is being compressed and processed. And, you know, you can come up with these types of possible explanations. But the fact of the matter is, if that was indeed a ghost cat, well, this is pretty much what it would look like. I can't say for sure that I've ever actually seen a ghost cat, but I think it's possible that I may have seen a ghost cat a million times and just didn't know it was a ghost cat. And the same goes for you. That's one of the odd things about animal ghosts. You know, it's easier to look at a person and tell if that person seems completely out of the proper place and time. But... Not so easy if you just see an animal that appears and then disappears. Stray cat, stray dog. You know, it's maybe a little easier if you see something big like a horse, or certainly outstanding when you see something that's completely out of place, like the kangaroo that was hopping around in downtown, or actually in Biltmore Village near Asheville in uh, the early 1980s and that's and that thing just vanished and so that's more of like some kind of warp (laughs) warp situation a wormhole opened up between here and australia or something i don't know but yeah you know you may see ghost cats and dogs and mice and things like that all the time and when you just have some of these animal ghosts especially that happen to to just be captured from one point of view on some camera randomly uh, it is almost impossible to do a proper analysis because you only have that one perspective and again how would you distinguish between what a ghost would look like versus some of these effects that might be ghostly effects I mean it's almost impossible in many cases but It brings me also to this criticism that you sometimes hear about uh, the paranormal and about 
the idea of the ghostly. And, and most of the time when people give a critical view of ghostly phenomena, the the question that they ask shows how little that they even understand about the subject. People jump to vast conclusions about what ghosts are and, and then ask a question where they should just begin with looking at the possibilities. For example, you know, I, I bring this up a lot. I get these um, phone calls sometimes. Let's say I'm doing a radio show and somebody will call in and say something like, well, I don't believe ghosts can be real because in the Bible it says when you die, your spirit goes somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, look, you right off the bat are jumping to the conclusion that a ghost is the spirit of a dead person. And that's not at all the case. Uh, in fact, we have many, many ghosts of inanimate objects, you know, horses as well as the stagecoach the horses are pulling. We have ghost trains, ghost ships, ghost airplanes. I mean, there are many, many examples of things that you would never consider living in the same way as a human. Um, just some part of the, the, the setting from the past that can appear in a ghostly fashion. So right off the bat, you see you're not even asking an appropriate question because you're not getting what a ghost actually can be so that said you have people out there who will sometimes say well look if ghosts are real how many billions or trillions or however many people have lived on this planet and shouldn't we see them everywhere shouldn't every room be packed how many cats have lived in the history of this planet you know how, how many uh, woolly mammoths have lived in the history of this place? Shouldn't they just be everywhere you go should be a ghost? Well, that's like saying that everywhere you go, you should be able to look down at the ground and find a fossil of one of these things. And the fact of the matter is, you can't. Um, I love fossils. In fact, um, a very wonderful lady. I, I'm going to talk more about her at some point with her permission. She's a fossil hunter, and she sent me a, just a fantastic bag the other day full of some wonderful, wonderful fossils that she has found, and uh, and also some nice gems. And So, like I say, I'll talk more about that at, at a certain point. I want to make sure that I, I do better research on these things so I can speak about them intelligently. But nonetheless, it's a good time to mention that you know, um, I don't know statistically, but I would say that maybe for every million cats out there that have ever lived, maybe there's one cat fossil, you know? And and I think you get my picture. Um, the fossil is formed because of a very special set of circumstances that have to all come together the right way for the preservation to some degree of that animal's form and and we're just talking about things in the earth there and and by the way it's not easy to find fossils i've never found a good fossil in my life um and i've spent a hell of a lot of time at the beach and snorkeling and scuba diving and all that and i don't think i've ever actually found a shark's tooth um but you know you go to certain places and maybe you find them laying all over the place well i guess that'd be like a haunted spot a spot where for some reason more of these things are are appearing and uh 
can be found and observed. But when you're thinking about the possibility that there may be ghost animals alone just running all over the place and why maybe you don't see them as much as you'd expect, well, just keep those two things in mind. Maybe for one thing, you do see them when you don't realize you're seeing them. And number two, well, in order for that ghost to appear, regardless of what type of ghost it is, if it's an entity, if it's an imprint, um, there are conditions that must be very right organized in a very specific way and that's part of our challenge that's part of the mystery is finding out what those conditions are we don't know that's why we study this stuff that's why it's a mystery but there's no doubt that this entire planet is a paranormal planet i mean even by the strictest definition of paranormal i mean you talk to some hardcore atheist scientist pure materialistic rational thinker who just doesn't believe in any anything except you know pure textbook science who's using telescopes and every other technique to look out there as far and as wide as the scientists can see into the blackness and the darkness and they are saying we don't see anything else out there in this gigantic universe like earth um so you know earth is a very special place to have all this life teeming upon it so earth is paranormal normal means like everything else and paranormal means it's not like everything else and yes there may be planets out there that are like earth but scientists say we don't know that for sure So according to the scientist's own point of view, Earth is a paranormal manifestation. And so you, as an Earthling, are a paranormal being. And, you know, it's funny, when you look at how civilization functions, we all find enough common ground to get along remarkably well. And, And I'm talking about if you look at humans as a whole. Yes, there are always going to be wars going on and conflicts, but as a whole, we are remarkably well organized. I think it's a a damn miracle that every single day you can get on the highway and drive around and people are zooming in and out like maniacs and very seldom do you have a car accident considering how everybody is driving. Um, I mean, for the most part, at least here in this country, I mean, people do obey the the traffic lights and the stop signs. You know, not 100%, but enough so that, you know, when you go out, it's not like one constant fireball after another, which is what you would kind of expect when you take the average person and you, you toss them into one of these big you know, machines called a car that's got a, a tank of explosive in it. I mean, it's amazing how well we are able to organize ourselves. So we have a pretty organized world. And yet, within that thing called civilization... Have you ever thought about the fact that every single person you have ever known has something about them that you would consider weird? I don't care if it's your your parents or your grandparents or your brothers or your sisters or your kids or it's your spouses or your best friend or it's just, you know, if you if you actually get to know somebody, you'll find something about that person that is weird. And 
it could be anything. I'm not saying it has to be something extreme, you know, like they've literally got skeletons <clears throat> stuffed in the closet or they've got, um, you know, some kind of dungeon. I, I, I'm talking about people who, they just have their idiosyncrasies. You know, they like to put mayonnaise on the French fries when everybody wants to put ketchup on them. You know what I mean? It's just like, and and you don't know how extreme it's going to be in one form or another. Again, it could do with, with what you enjoy watching on TV or, or eating or um, what you do for fun or just the way that the the covers have to be arranged before you lay down at night or, I mean, um, neuroses and all this kind of stuff. But every single person, if you get to know a person long enough, everybody's weird. And we do a pretty good job, I think, of uh, keeping those weird idiosyncrasies to ourselves. But um, nonetheless, it shows you we... I mean, it's not surprising because we are products of a weird place. You know, Earth is a paranormal place, and we are part of it, so we are paranormal. We are all weird. And all the creatures upon this planet are weird. Humans are especially weird because look at how different that we really are than all the other creatures. I mean, yes, you can say biologically maybe we have a lot in common, but we have skyscrapers and airplanes and bojangles and i mean we have stuff that the squirrels don't have that the chimpanzees don't have you know we've gone to the moon see we are we are even weirder than all the other weird things on this planet at least as far as we know maybe there's some other civilization at the bottom of the ocean or in the middle of the earth or something like that but as far as we know we're the weirdest thing here and what I find so interesting about the Halloween season is that it is it's that one time of year that really gives everybody the opportunity if they want if they want to express how weird they are and to do it in a fun way and it's kind of like you know if you walk down the street in a culture that did not have Halloween and all of a sudden you looked around and you saw the kinds of shit that we see on Halloween night here, you would think you'd walked into a nightmare. You would be like, what is going on here? This makes no sense. But you walk down the street on Halloween and you're like, ah, hey, it's Halloween. You know, you just blow it off because you know everybody's weird. People are going to do weird things. They're going to dress up in a weird way. And we give ourselves this one time of year to celebrate that. Uh, and and if, if, if celebrate's not the word, at very least to express it, okay? So, and, and not everybody dresses up, but even if you don't dress up, still, if you're out and about and you're interacting with other people, you're playing along with what, what they're doing. And... Um, and so you're participating in this whole idea of it being okay to have this, you know, weird season. So that said, I want to ask you a question. I was um, talking to Lauren the other night, and, and sometimes, uh, I, I hate to say this because it's probably going to frighten her that I say this, sometimes, you know, she'll watch like a horror movie or something like that. 
I don't know why she'll do this because then she'll she'll get all scared afterward. And then if I bring the horror movie up later that night, like before she's going to go to bed, she gets mad because she thinks I'm trying to scare her. And I'm like, you're the one who watched the horror movie. So anyway, the other night I said to Lauren, listen, hypothetical question. Let's say I went into my office and I closed the door and I was in there for five minutes and then I opened the door and I walked out and I was wearing the scariest costume you have ever seen. What would that costume look like? What would you think of for you? Because this is going to be different for everybody. It's like some people would freak out if it's a clown. Some people would hate to see a headless horseman or whatever. I mean, you know, everybody's a little different, see? So, you know, what, what would I have to be wearing for you to say, oh my God, that is the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life? And uh, she didn't even want to think about it. And and she asked me, you know, the, well, what, what would it be for you? I'm like, ah, look, I ask you, you tell me. So anyway, neither one of us are getting an answer out of the other. But I have thought some about it. And by the way, if you're having trouble thinking about this, you know, I've dabbled in filmmaking and I've made some movies that are not very good, but at least they're movies. And they were shot on very, very low budgets. I'm not going to mention any names here, but I've thought about what if I wanted to make a horror movie that was like the scariest movie ever, and it had some kind of an iconic monster in it, like like uh, Freddy Krueger or or Jason or Michael Myers or you know whatever. If I was going to try to invent some iconic. Uh, movie horror guy like I think I think Leatherface is pretty good who wants to have that dude running after you with a chainsaw you know that's I don't like going to haunted house like haunted fun houses because I don't like that I don't like some dude with a chainsaw running out and following uh, and running after me so anyhow look this could be a way of you thinking about this question let's imagine you were going to make a horror movie what would you think would be possibly the scariest type of being that that represents the horror in your horror movie now i know a movie is a little different because things are going to come across differently in a movie than they are if you just you know open the door and you see somebody in a costume there but think about it and and oddly enough some people i believe would be more freaked out to see something really big like Leatherface, you know a big tall thing or like mothman he's he's pretty big or bigfoot and some people would be more freaked out to see something little, you know, like a little demonic looking thing. So you have to consider both of those variables as well. So here's what I, I want you to do. I want you, if you are so inclined, to, to think about what the scariest costume would be. If you've actually made this costume or worn this costume, that's even better, I guess. Maybe you already have you've gone through this process. Feel free to go to joshuapwarren.com and email me and tell me what your suggestion is. You don't have to give me any great detail. Just say, here's what it looks like. You know, do a little description, put a picture, and I'll, I'll read some of this stuff 
on future podcasts. And I'll tell you maybe some of the stuff that I'm thinking of as well. So if you scroll down the homepage there at joshuapwarren.com, you'll find my email address at the bottom. And uh, yeah, you know, that'll just be something something kind of interesting for me to... Um, explore with you on an upcoming podcast but there's a lot of stuff going on i mean it's it's hard to believe that it's going to be halloween very soon and uh i want to let you know you know i've i'm sure i've mentioned this before of course um my my great friends christian mcleod the cryptid guy and uh daniel hurst md paranormal and uh, marina they are all doing a podcast, Fringe Investigations podcast. In fact, they were featured uh, just recently on Coast to Coast AM. And since they are based in Western North Carolina, and I'm here right now out west in Nevada, I uh, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to uh, have like a joint effort? Because I came up with uh, a possibility of a place to be investigated that I think has a lot of potential. And so I've been talking to them about having them go and do the investigation. Uh, And then, and this is in the mountains of Western North Carolina, they do the investigation and do like a field report. And then we will both air the field report. I'll air it on my podcast. They'll air it on their podcast. Plus I will interview them on my podcast and it's kind of like just a again like a joint special presentation for Halloween for all of our audience you know for the people who listen to Joshua P Warren daily for the people who listen to fringe investigations podcast um it'll be like a big fun it's 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 almost like our podcast Halloween party i guess but where we bring you some kind of really interesting, fresh material from a place that you probably never heard about before that I think has enormous potential. So that's another fun little thing that I'm working on to share with you soon on this podcast. So it's a fun time. And even though I'm really busy, I still try to enjoy myself. I have to turn down opportunities every day. I I got a really nice invitation this morning from a major TV production company to do something with them, and I had to turn it down. And this is something that I would have enjoyed doing, and it's something that I know a lot about, and I'd like to have had this opportunity to share some knowledge and and have a nice new little credit there in this area. But I'm telling you, I, I have to turn down things every day, and this one, I hated to turn it down. I really did, but I, I had to. And that's because that... Um, there are just not enough hours in the day, but I do have such respect for you as a listener to this podcast that I do want to do some special stuff for you and give you a little piece of my day every day. That means a lot to me because you stick with me all year long. All right, that's it for today's podcast. Who knows what tomorrow's will be? Every day is a winding road, right, Cheryl Crow? That said, uh, JoshuaPWarren.com is where you find a link to this podcast. It's always short. It's always free. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And I'll tweet when a new one is available. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. 
and I will talk to you again soon.